Hey friends, welcome back to the table. It's your host, Michaela Bell. This is the place and space to be real with our messy middles, to share life stories, and to hear about successful people and what it took for them to actually get to where they are now. I love to eat. I'm Italian. (laughs) And I also love gathering people around a table, having good conversation, and eating really good food. It's just, you know, it's good stuff. So today I'm delighted to welcome to the table my friend, Lorena Bravo. She is the owner of a local business here in the Lehigh Valley. And I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I was trying to figure out some really funny way of introducing her and it just kept not coming off right because she owns organic spray tans, right? And it was the first time I ever got a spray tan was the first time that I met her. And you have to be, you know, pretty much naked to get a spray tan. So I was trying to say something funny along the lines of she's the only person that's ever seen me naked the first time we met. But it it wasn't coming off right, you guys. And me trying to be witty and funny, it it's like my dream to be witty. It's just not my reality. But one day, maybe, I'll be funny. Anyways, I can't wait for you guys to hear this conversation. Lorena grew up in Colombia, and she has an incredible story that has given her a lot of grit. And I think that we can all learn a lot from her. So let's dive into today's conversation with the one and only Lorena Bravo. So without further ado, Lorena, welcome to the table. Thank you. As always, we're going to start off the podcast with setting the scene and imagining ourselves at a table for two. Do you have a favorite place here in the Lehigh Valley? Because we're both local here. Do you have a favorite place that we would go to? Yes. We are going to go to El Paisano in Bethlehem. Okay. Wait, say it one more time. El Paisano. El Paisano. Yeah. I didn't say it right. <laughs> you say it so much better. <laughs> it sounds good when you say it. So what kind of restaurant is it? I can kind of guess from the name, but. It's a Mexican taqueria. Mm. And we're sitting at the table that's right in front of the counter. Mm-hmm. And we can see the family cooking are um, tacos al pastor. Mm. I love it so much. Do you have a favorite taco? Uh, tacos al pastor. Which is what they're making right now. Oh my gosh. Okay, cool. All right. So for those of you that are listening, you are here with us in this beautiful Mexican restaurant. This, I feel like it's like a homey place, right? It is. It's like, it's one room, basically. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always felt like the best and the most authentic conversations happen around a table, especially when you're eating tacos. I mean, tacos are just perfect. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself a little bit. Just tell us what you do and why you do it. Um, And then we'll kind of get into some of your, your life story in a little bit. But introduce yourself to everybody. Um. Okay, so I'm Lorena, and I do a lot of things currently. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still a business owner. Um, 
However, I don't know how much longer I'll be in business because of COVID. Mm -hmm. But I'm also a grad student at Lehigh, where I study political science and public policy. Mm -hmm. I'm getting a master's in that. And Mm -hmm. I'm also a community fellow Mm -hmm. (laughs) working with the city of Allentown. And I write for fun. And aside Mm -hmm. from that, I'm a mom to um, an almost 14-year-old boy and a wife. Yes. I love it. What made you decide to go back to school? Oh, so when I went to college, my goal was, you know, I'm originally from Colombia, and um, I always thought that after college, I would be some sort of diplomat for mm-hmm. Colombia. <laughs> I love it. And uh, because I've always, I've always liked the like the political process of of conversation, uh, resolving conflict, and just developing relationships. That kind of thing has always interested me. And mm-hmm. um, during my senior year of college, I became pregnant, and I had my son um, during the last semester of school, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, I I could no longer go to law school at the time or grad school, which mm-hmm. was what I had planned. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the past 14 years, I've been working and being a mom to my son. And, you know, COVID really, as, as crazy of a time that this has been, COVID allowed me to finally pause. Mm. And during that pause, I was able to reconnect with that goal mm-hmm. um, that I had 14 years ago when I was not able to go back to school. And, um, you know, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to, to rethink my life again if COVID would not have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why back to school and, you know, at Lehigh, they have this master's program, but they also have a community fellowship, which really spoke to me. And what that is, is it basically allows you to work within an organization, nonprofit or a government organization where, you're working towards a community goal and I'm a project manager for the neighborhood ambassador program in Mm -hmm. Allentown for vision 2030, where I am developing a toolkit that would in essence enable citizens in Allentown in their neighborhoods to build neighborhood scale projects and to get involved in their communities and to build community, which, I mean, it's like godsend. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said about that this allowed you to, that COVID allowed you to take a pause and to reevaluate. I always say that there's a lot of, there's power in a pause. And I feel like we live in this world 
where we very rarely do that. We very rarely pause. And I do think that COVID has has allowed us to do that or forced us in a lot of ways to do that. And um, it's hard. It's hard to pause. It's hard to um, make a hard stop in a lot of ways. But I love the way that you've taken this situation and um, and really pivoted. So not only did you pause and reevaluate, but then you pivoted and you're on this path to kind of um, picking up sort of where you left off. And I think that's really incredible. So kudos to you, first of all, for really um, making it a positive change in your life. Because I think sometimes, you know, when you have a business um, and COVID hits and you're not sure if it's it's going to last, um, you can kind of go in one of two directions. You could be really negative and bitter and all the things, or you can get creative and, and pivot like you've done. So I just want to recognize you for that because I admire that so much about you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, when, when people look at you in your life, what is one thing you wish people could know before they assume anything about you? What do you wish people would know? that I've never had everything, Mm. right? Because I think there's this, when people know you now where you're at, you know, there's, um, I'm the first one to recognize that I'm 100% living the American dream, right? Like Mm -hmm. I I come from another country. I make something of myself. I go to school. I start a business. That's textbook American dream, right? Mm -hmm. From what we know and what we've learned about (laughs) what that is. Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes there's this perception that you just... It, it is it was just like like with the snap of, a, of the fingers and yeah um the truth is that is that none of it is possible without your past and without a bringing right so i think that the essence of me is not the current me but actually what made that possible grit and I've the grit that I have it is only um a consequence of of my upbringing and I think that oftentimes people can assume that you are this person now but um and and I think we do that naturally to to other people we just there's no reason to take into account their past right yeah Yeah, Um, it's human nature yeah exactly so but it's interesting and and I think that is very much who I am and um I I wish that more people knew that Mm -hmm. before assuming anything Mm -hmm. yeah so how did you 
develop grit because part of this podcast really is pulling the curtain back on, okay, so here's this person, here is who she is right now. Let's talk about some of the things that you went through, some of the mistakes that you made, some of the messy parts of your life that that kind of forced you to have grit. So why is it that you think that you have the grit that you have in your life? Well, okay, that's an interesting question, right? (laughs) Um, I think I, you know, I grew up very poor. And, you know, the definition of poor is different for, for everyone. What is poor to to Americans, you know, living in a certain city is different from what is poor in South America or in Colombia. Right. Mm -hmm. But for my version of poor, you know, I grew up, there were nights where my mom wouldn't eat so that I could. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this, um, there's this drink that we call aguapanela, which is, Basically, it's a block of sugar cane, and you basically melt this in water. It's very filling, um, and there's a lot of uh, many nights where it would be agua panela mm-hmm. and a piece of bread. And if there was extra money, maybe we would add milk to the water, right, mm-hmm. to the sugar water, and that is poor when your mom cannot eat is poor when your mom has to pond and and you walk with your mom to to your mother to the pond place to so she can you know pond her whatever little jewelry she had so that she could pay rent or buy food and you know my mom had me when she was 21 years old so or no 20 years old, she turned 21, um, two weeks after she had me. And she used to take me with her everywhere. So I, I lived through that. I saw her cry. I saw her be upset. I saw her struggle. I saw her arguing with my dad over the phone, over money. And I saw her working late nights. Um, I used to be left home alone since I was five years old and it was what we had to do. And and she was always very clear to me what had to be done in order for, for us to eat and have mm-hmm. a roof over our heads. And I think that getting the first experience for my mom, she never shielded me from our reality. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy about all of that is that I did not realize that that's how I grew up until I was older and I was already here in the U.S. And when you ask me what kind of childhood I had, it was by all means a very happy childhood. And I think that being able to recognize that as an adult Mm -hmm. has given me grit, right? Because... Mm -hmm then I realized, oh my gosh, we survived all of this. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up during the most, some of the most violent times in the history of Colombia. Yeah. And I was still very happy. 
And Mm -hmm. I think when you're able to compare your life to what the alternative was or how you grew up, I think you just, every day is, is a gift. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's that, I think that's where my grit comes from. Yeah, for sure. I remember the, you know, the times that we've had conversations around a table where you've shared certain things with me, your difficulties, you know, from, from growing up and, and knowing too, that you were, you had a happy, you know, for the most part, like a happy childhood. I mean, there were definitely difficult times, right. But, um, but yeah, that it's different. Like you think different, I believe when, when you have to, um, when that's like a, a part of your reality or that's a part of your story, right? Don't you feel like you think differently than yeah. a lot of other people? Yes. And I think, I think it's just knowing that really knowing, not just from seeing, but from actually living yeah. how other people live and knowing that you can survive and still be happy, mm-hmm. having the very minimum as long as you have love, company yeah. and comprehension and, and understanding and respect. I mean, because there, there, you know, to value different things, everything mm-hmm. else is just icing on the cake. Yeah. And I think that having that knowledge is powerful. I, I know what, what it's like to live like that and, and you can still be happy and mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. still you know, how do you measure success? To me, success is having a, a very strong mother figure and somebody who's a go-getter that you can look up to in your mm-hmm. life. That is success mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you're doing for Devin. You know, I mean, <laughs> hopefully, you know. <laughs> What an example. No, for real. Like, not hopefully. You are. You're such an example to him and to so many other people. Like, I, I know people that, um, you know, I've said your name and people really admire you and what you've built and what you've accomplished. But I love you so much for who you are, the the friend that you are, the amount of genuine conversations that we've had where we've we've cried together. <laughs> Um, literally we've cried together at church yes. and you pulled out a sock out of your purse to like dry the tears off of you. <laughs> I'll never forget. So this is kind of a side note, but literally I look over in church and she's pulling a sock out of her purse because you wore sneakers. You know, those sneakers, you guys that have like the slip-ons that sometimes bother your heel. Right, right. Isn't that why you had socks in there? Yes, just in case. <laughs> oh my gosh! But you, who you are, is so genuine, and that's why I love you. I love you so, so, so much. <laughs> I know, and I just even, even that that was a that was a happy tears, funny moment. I have, you know, I have the gift of 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 you taking me to to that church in that moment which was a moment that i really needed you and and that place and here i am crying my eyes out uncontrollably and 
with a sock in my hand and a bunch of strangers coming up to hug me. And I was just like, I don't deserve you. And also there's a sock in my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was such a funny moment. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Um, What other lessons do you feel like you have learned or you've taken from your childhood or your time in Columbia? I mean, there's so many. I I had an uncle who was an alcoholic and Mm -hmm. who is now homeless and Mm -hmm. we have not seen in many years. And, you know, at one of his lowest points, he kidnapped me and I was I was only a small child. I was probably nine. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking that I was going to die. And I remember thinking and, and at that time praying and, you know, just not understanding, not knowing everything that was happening to me at that moment. And that was very profound mm-hmm. and overcoming that in Colombia, it was not like at that time you, people didn't put you in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you didn't really have time. You just had a mom who who could have committed murder, probably, right? Right. <laughs> and, and a family who understood uh, to the best of their ability that this was an illness mm-hmm. and loving my uncle infinitely. And not that they brushed it apart but or aside, but they really just had a a deep loving and understanding for him. And, and I think that helped me forgive and Mm. where I didn't even know what I was forgiving. I just, I have no animosity towards him and I I do have some trauma from it. I I know that now because I go to therapy as an adult, Mm -hmm. but, and I've realized that I have, issues in terms of we all do what happened at yeah yeah but to me that was very profound and and I I love him and I I wish he was better and I I'm finally at a point where I can actually talk about him without crying about the fact that he is homeless and Mm -hmm. that he is a drug addict and that but that is part of who I am that's also my past, he, he doesn't stop being my family just because he is a certain way. And I think that's also helped me be grounded and, and, Mm -hmm. and shaped me. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, forgiveness is something that, uh, when it's, when it is modeled for you as a child, I think it's easier to do as a child and as an adult, um, but a lot of times families, families don't forgive easily. And so that's incredible that your family modeled that for you and even recognized it as, you know, an illness or somebody's brokenness because what happened, you know, hurt people hurt people. So when somebody hurts you, it's a matter of understanding and recognizing their brokenness. Um, and I think when you come at it from an angle of 
seeing their brokenness and seeing their hurt, it does help you to forgive. But we all have trauma. I mean, not many people have big T trauma like like you had, you know, different in different ways in your childhood, but if everybody has some type of form of trauma, whether it's big T or little T trauma is what they call it. Um that kind of sometimes accumulates over time, but I'm a big proponent of therapy as an adult. <laughs> I remember the first time like, you know, going through my divorce and then after my divorce and and knowing that I was in a broken place and that I needed to heal from just like my emotional injuries that happened in in marriage. Um, And I started going to therapy and I thought, I feel like everyone should go. I feel like everyone in the world, (laughs) especially as an adult, should go to therapy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Right? Hey friends, quick pause. First, I just want to say, I hope you're loving this conversation with Lorena and that you see how much I love her and believe in her voice and and the stories that she has to tell. Wait until you hear some of the bombs that she's about to drop in just a minute. But one thing that I've been offering podcast listeners this season is a workshop that I did recently called the Own Your Now Workshop. I found, and let me know if you agree with me on this, but I feel like we live in this society that is always looking for what's next. And I believe that until you value where you are right now, you won't be genuinely and authentically invited to your next. And I want you to have what's next for you. But if you ever find yourself being like, well, maybe I'll find fulfillment. Maybe I'll be happier when I fill in the blank, when I get the promotion, when I get the car, when I get the house, when I get in a relationship, when I get engaged, when I get married, when I have the children. And we're constantly wanting what's next and we don't even value where we are right now. I believe there are three key shifts that you need to make. And I created this framework for how to really find contentment and joy and fulfillment exactly where you are right now, even if it doesn't make sense. Because we live in a world that romanticizes all of these things, the external things, and then we go after those things thinking that that's what's gonna make us happy. And I believe it's a more of an internal shift and I want to help you get there. So check out the link in the bio or not the bio. <laughs> Here I am thinking I'm on Instagram. Uh, check out the show notes with the link for the Own Your Now workshop because I really, really believe in, in this and I want to help you. You also get access to a full week of my journal, my mindset journal, um, all about helping you own the way that you think. So, okay. I love you guys. I just wanted to hop in and tell you to check out the link in the show notes. Let's get back into conversation with the incredible Lorena. This is going to sound like a really weird question. So just bear with me here, but what has been your favorite failure? So let me explain what I mean by that. Something that you know that you messed up on or a mistake that you made that actually led to something powerful or pivotal in your life. So what's been your favorite failure? Gosh, I have so many. (laughs) Uh, You can tell a couple if you want to. Because I think we – don't you think that we learn more from our failures than we do our quote-unquote successes? I think that is the only way that true (laughs) learning happens. Mm -hmm. Um. I mean, 
there's so many, but I guess um, for me, it's been mostly uh, labor at, in in terms of work. Mm-hmm. And I've always said this, I am probably most grateful for a failed partnership mm-hmm. that I did because I mean, <laughs> there was so much that I learned during that time. So basically what happened was uh, I had my business was very successful and uh, I decided that I wanted to open a second location and uh, an opportunity with a friend uh, came up and we opened a second location together, even though I've, I only had my own business and mm-hmm. uh, it was a different partnership, but the gist of it is that it went to trash mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> I know I I was gonna I was gonna be more frank, but you know you get what I'm saying. I yes yes. And I it was it was probably the hardest, lowest, most failure like feeling I I had ever had because because obviously you're proud and Mm -hmm. there's there's more than just the emotional closure of something is the physical closure of a building the physical having to to move things out and Mm -hmm. what that means what it looks like because it's, Mm -hmm. it's visual right not not only are you living it but it's happening if publicly and and i am most grateful for for that friendship for that partnership for for all of the money that was spent because that was very expensive mm-hmm. and um and i just i grew so much from it I really, it took me a couple of years and Mm -hmm. I had a lot of days where I didn't want to get out of bed and show my face because there was always going to be a question about it. There was always going to be something about it. And, you know, when you have to move on because life goes on, you you have to continue. You still have a business. Mm -hmm. You still have debt. (laughs) You still have yeah, family, yeah. you still have all these other things. So you, you, in a way, you have to, you really have to woman up mm. um, and and be strong and, and shake it off and show your face. And mm-hmm. I think that is probably the most essential, most growth-providing failure mm-hmm. of my life because... Mm-hmm. Without it, I think um, going through through COVID now mm-hmm. and what my business has gone through would have been horrible. But I learned then how to deal with that and that there are things that you just cannot control and you have right. to 
just be strong. Yeah. How did you, okay. If you could go back to a moment where let's say you're, you're packing up that location and you're feeling all of the feels of failure and, um, the struggles that come with all of that. If you could go back in time and sit down and talk to yourself, like how would you encourage yourself through that process? Oh, I, I would have asked myself to, to be kinder to myself Mm. and I would have encouraged myself to not be so sorry. And I wasn't feeling sorry for myself. I was just sorry that that it had happened that my friendship had 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 come to nothing and Mm -hmm. that to me if I would have been able to at least I don't know rescue that we we just never spoke again and I never understood to this day I I really never understood what exactly happened what exactly went wrong. I have ideas, but I never got that. And I wish that I would have been okay with accepting that from the get-go. And I didn't. I I punished myself over and over and over again for not understanding, for I felt sorry for not knowing. I felt sorry for for maybe I did this. Maybe I could have done that. Maybe I shouldn't have this, right? So I think I would have just asked myself to 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 be kinder to myself and Mm -hmm. and to really be forgiving of myself and to not apologize. And you know, I only really realized how much I apologized this year during one of my classes and it was so embarrassing actually, but I'm so grateful that it happened because one of my professors said to me, she asked me to stay longer after mm. class and, you know, staying longer just means you just don't close out your zoom. Cause we're on yeah. Zoom. <laughs> yeah. And she said to me, she said, Lorena, I'm going to tell you this. She said, you're doing great. You're doing such good work mm-hmm. in class, obviously. And then she said, oh, and you need to stop apologizing. She said, I don't think you realize that you do it as much as you do, but you're apologizing constantly. Stop mm-hmm. doing it. And Michaela, the fact that I was doing that in class inadvertently mm-hmm. in front of people. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I stopped so, apologizing. Mm, that's good. So be kinder to yourself. You would tell yourself to be kinder to yourself and to stop apologizing. And another thing I heard is essentially like don't hold your healing hostage to someone else's explanation or apology. I, we have this we have this thought, I think, that in order to move on. 
I need an explanation. I need closure. I need an apology. And you actually don't need those things to move on. Do they help? Sure. But you don't actually need those things to move on. And I think a lot of times we wait in anticipation of that before we actually move on or before we actually start the healing process. So just start, if you're listening to this and you have been waiting and you've been holding your your healing hostage or you moving on hostage to somebody else's explanation or apology, start now, move on, heal, and be kinder to yourself. I love that. I think that's really powerful, Lorena. And there was one time where um, I was constantly introducing myself as Malin's mom <laughs> until one person, um, my friend Will, he had come, like literally come up behind me. We were in a room and someone someone asked you know, who I was. And I was like, oh, I'm, um, I'm Malin's mom. And he came up and he was like, her name is Michaela and she's amazing. And he mentioned something to me afterwards that you always like that I always downplay myself and like even my showing up in a room. And sometimes it takes somebody else pointing that out because I didn't ever realize that I did that. Just like you didn't realize that you said, sorry, you apologize. So people have this beautiful, can have this really beautiful effect um, on you. So I love that. Yeah. It's interesting. Right? Mm-hmm. It really it really is. So what are some of the things that you're really looking forward to uh, in the future? Um, me. Mm. <laughs> I'm looking yes, forward girl. to me so much. <laughs> that sounds so silly, I think. No, but it I- doesn't. Just, you know, I'm going to be 35 in just a few days. Mm -hmm. And I don't, for some reason, I I have this feeling that there's so much promise. and, Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I, this is going to sound like a weird metaphor, but I felt like for a long time, until COVID happened, I was cleaning the vase while the house was burning down. Mm. And Come on. <laughs> I was stuck in that, mm-hmm. you know, shining the vase as my house is crumbling down. And I don't mean like my house is in my home, but my business has been such a huge part of who I who I am, who I've become, mm-hmm. what I've accomplished. And, you know, everything about my business wasn't always great. And I actually, I, I'm, I've been so grateful of it. And I, I wouldn't change anything about it. I, I love, I've, I've loved it. And I've accomplished many things. But Really, for a long time, I was cleaning that vase. I was just shining the vase. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm finally, I feel like I'm putting the vase down and just, you know, opening up that burning door and Mm. 
walking through it. I, I feel like I'm at the cusp of that. And I I cannot wait to see what's what's out there. And mm-hmm. that's that's all I really care for at this moment. That's what I'm looking forward to is just me at that stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see you there. I think that there are so many incredibly beautiful things that are in store for you. And I love that analogy. I think it's so, I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to that, that shining the vase when the house is burning down. Um, and I kind of, I'm actually curious if you're listening to this right now, like, do, and, and you relate to that, how do you relate to that? Like, what does, um, like send me a DM or something. Like, I'm just so interested to hear. Uh, but thank you for being who you are and, um, for being willing to open up and to share. I think that there are so many things that people can learn from you and I'm excited to see how you tap into your voice Because I've told you this before, you have a voice and a story that I think would one day be somebody else's survival guide. And I'm looking forward to you stepping more and more into that because I just believe in you, girlfriend. Thank you. (laughs) So for dessert, let's leave everybody with one last treat from Lorena. (laughs) Feel free to share anything, like any words of encouragement or final thoughts to the guests that have been joining us here at the table. What do you want to tell them? So, okay. First of all, because we are where we are for Mm -hmm. the third, we are having flan. Mm. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if I'm a huge fan. Okay. I've never had it. Actually, I can't even say that. I've never had it. Does it taste good? It's so good. (laughs) It's so good. Okay, so we're having flan. Yes, we're having flan. Flan. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's so American of you. (laughs) Say it again. Flan. Flan. Yes. Okay. (laughs) And, uh, okay, so we're having fun. And what I, as my parting words, I would say that this year has been instrumental for us all. And I really, really appreciate crisis in a completely different way it's brought me closer to friends it's brought me closer to me it's brought me closer to uh just opportunity where opportunity was gone right because my business really is uh you know it is what it is and I've decided to to let it be and let it go and and truly just give myself into different opportunities and just accepting the pause mm-hmm. and loving it and, and 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 really just being in the moment and mm-hmm. um i would just encourage everyone to stay in those moments and to really take time to appreciate 
the little things and and just get back in touch with with oneself and it's everything is truly an opportunity and 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 that is only found in the struggle we don't see opportunities where there is no struggle i don't think because you're just going through the motions but when you're struggling you really see light at the end of the tunnel it's it's weird at least yeah. how it's like for me so so like press into the struggle because that's oftentimes where you grow and find the opportunity yeah. well thank you so much for your time my friend i love you i appreciate you and um yeah thank you so much for spending time with us today thank you i love you love you too before we get up from the table, you guys, I would love to know what your favorite part of today's episode. Let me know what, what it was. Send me a DM or tag us on your Instagram story. I love when you guys video screen record your favorite parts, share them to your IG story, tag me in it. I love to reshare those. And also let's make social social again. So send me a DM. I would love to talk to you. We can have our own little table for two right in the DMs. <laughs> It's the best. And if you want to give me a virtual hug, virtual high five here uh, at a table for two, the best thing you can do is to download the episodes here. And it's the thing that gives the back end of the podcast ratings, you know, like, oh, hey, people are actually listening to this. They're downloading the episode. That's the thing that they look at the most. Thank you so much for being here. I loved having you at the table. If you have a guest or maybe you heard somebody else on another podcast that you would love to have here, and I seriously love getting feedback from you guys of who do you want to hear from? Who is doing big thing, things in this world? Who has a story that you feel like um, you would love to hear on this show? Let me know. All right. I love you guys. I will see you next time at the table. <laughs>